New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey everyone, Dr. Joseph here with you for our next uh, podcast going through Easter week. It's April 1st. And so uh, I'm going to be reading Mark chapter 14, uh, the remainder of the chapter, verses 12 through 72. And so what I'm going to do for this uh, podcast is I'm going to read a section of scripture and then I will uh, provide some commentary as we go along since it is such a longer passage. I'm going to be reading out of the Holman Christian Standard Bible, or CSB as some translations are today. Uh, so let's begin reading in Mark chapter 14, verses, uh, verse 12. On the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and prepare the Passover so you may eat it? So he, he sent two of his disciples and told them, go into the city and a man carrying a water jug will meet you. Follow him. Wherever he enters, tell the owner of the house. The teacher says, where is the guest room for me to eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make the preparations for us there. So the disciples went out, entered the city, and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. So uh, this is Passover week, once again, as we talked about in yesterday's uh, in yesterday's uh, podcast. Uh, we we were hearing about the time whenever uh, Jesus was at the house of uh, Simon the leper uh, in in Bethany, uh, but we have a few days that's happened between that time in Bethany and where Jesus is. So between verses eleven and twelve, we've got to see that there's other days in other parts of the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Luke, and John. There's other events that are happening between these two verses. And so we pick up, and this is now Thursday, whenever we see that there's preparations that are beginning to occur for the Passover meal to, to happen. And, and so uh, with this, uh, we're, we're seeing that uh, they're, they're following Jesus' orders. They're going ahead. They're doing things exactly the way that Jesus said. And it's interesting that Jesus was able to tell them exactly what to do and how it would, uh, how it would look. So let's pick up then in verse 17. When evening came, he arrived with the twelve. When While they were reclining and eating, Jesus said, I assure you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be distressed and to say to him one by one, surely not I. He said to them, it is one of the twelve, the one who is dipping bread with me in the bowl. For the Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Of course, we know that Jesus is talking about Judas. It's kind of interesting when we go to other uh, scriptures and we see the way that this is referenced. When you go to Matthew, you see there's a conversation that Jesus has with Judas. And, and in fact, Judas looks at him and says, Surely not I, Lord, just like it's affirmed here. And, and Jesus says, it is as you said. And so, once again, Judas is sitting very close to Jesus right here in this moment. In fact, some scholars believe that he was actually sitting in what would have been called the place of honor, which means that Judas would have received a double portion of everything on that night. I think it's interesting. Jesus knows that Judas is on the way to betray him. He, he sees that what's happening that's being unfolded. In fact, he's proclaiming it here. 
And yet here Judas is, possibly sitting at the seat of honor, sitting very close to Jesus. You know, and and it's almost we see that Jesus is offering this this grace, just saying, you don't have to do it in this way. You don't have to go about. Yet he knows as well there's this impending death that's coming about. And so in this, we, we see how Jesus is interacting uh, with Judas. In fact, in Matthew, we see the conversation. In Luke, we see how there's the emphasis on the argument, you know, the argument between the disciples. Well, is it going to be you? Is it going to be you with me? Well, no, it should. it's probably going to be Thaddeus, you know, Bartholomew, Thaddeus. If they all, you know, they're pointing fingers, you know, surely it's not going to be me, Lord, that's, that's going to do this. And, and once again, we see that John, he emphasizes the motives of Judas, you know that there was the betrayal that was that was happening here uh, in this, and then we start to pick up and and what we see is in this moment we're we're we have to once again kind of piece some scripture together, you know. Uh, before this would have occurred, we would have had John thirteen where Jesus was washing the feet of of Jesus or of the disciples, uh, and once again we have these interactions that are occurring. So. You know, we, we have this place of where they now start to actually observe the Passover meal. So verse 22, as they were eating, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, gave it to them and said, take, eat, this is my body. And, and so um, now when, when we look at this and we understand, okay, this is a part of where uh, the Passover is occurring. What they would have done is in the Passover, they would have had three pieces of manna stacked one on top of the other. And each different uh, piece of manna would have had a napkin or, 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 a, or a sheet between it. And, but they were all wrapped up into one. And what they actually did during the Passover meals, they would go to the middle piece, which represented the son of David, the son of man. And what they would do is they would take out that middle piece and they would break it in half. And they would take one half of that and they would slide it back into, uh, back into the, um, uh, the uh, wrapped bread. And then they would take the other half of that and that was what they would hide during a Passover meal. And then eventually what they would do is after they would eat is they would bring back this bread and they would break off that bread and they would share it around the table. And so we see that this is uh, where Jesus is coming back and he's giving this illustration. He's showing this is my body that's being broken for you. You know, take eat of this. Now in John, it's interesting. We see that uh, Judas actually leaves after the bread. You know, so uh, there would have been a point of where he would have, you know, eaten the bread and he would have um, uh, gone in that. But then the way that we see the story unfold when we put the gospel narratives together is that this would have been a time uh, that there's a separation where Judas actually leaves after the passing of the bread. And, and from this, he does not partake of what we would say would be the cup. Now, whenever we see in verse 23, it says, Then he took a cup, and giving thanks, he gave it to them so that they drank from it. Once again, uh, scholars believe that Judas would have not been at this part of, uh, of what was occurring. And so you have that there's this cup. Well, what cup is he taking? In fact, during a, a Seder meal, Passover meal, there would have been four cups uh, that would have been sitting out in front of them. And so scholars believe that this would have been the uh, the cup, the third cup, which represented uh, 
uh, represented for the the people the cup of blessing. It would have been the uh, the cup that uh, of salvation, a cup of redemption in this. And so in this, this is such a critical statement because before they were looking at the promised Messiah. They were looking at the uh, the law as such a way of, of understanding this cup. And yet here he goes. He says, he gave it to them so they drank from it. He said to them, this is my blood that establishes the covenant. It is shed for many. I assure you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink of it in a new way in the kingdom of God. And so we see this wonderful picture that's happening here in this meal of how Jesus is saying, this is the new covenant, referencing back to Jeremiah 31 about the, the new covenant that was going to be established. And then we see verse 26, after singing psalms, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And we begin to see the story unfold from there, where we think this would be a time of greatest communion. And they were, they were in communion. In fact, we see that you could put John 14 through 17, that, that Jesus is giving some of this teaching to his disciples right here in this moment as they're walking out, as they're going out of the city, they're walking out in this way, heading out into the Mount of Olives. Uh, that we begin to see uh, that Jesus starts to just give this teaching more and more to them. In fact, he's even calling their devotion into question in a lot of ways. Listen to what he starts to say in verse 27. Then Jesus said to them, all of you will run away because it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the shepherd will be scattered. He's referencing back to Isaiah uh, in this moment. But after I've been resurrected, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. He's given a promise. He's saying, I'm about to die. And yet, here you are, uh, you're going to run away, but don't worry, I'm, after my resurrection, I'm going to be in Galilee. And Peter told him, even if everyone runs away, I will certainly not. Verse 30, here comes the promise, I assure you, Jesus said to him, today, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you'll deny me three times. But he kept on insisting, if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And they all said the same thing. Well, then we see where Jesus, he goes with his disciples into the garden, verse 32. Then they came to a place named Gethsemane. Now, it's really important to kind of see some of the pictures that's happening here. Gethsemane meant olive press. And so what they would do is they would take the olives and they would begin to press down on them. And then from that press, this this pushing against, that's where you started to see the the, the oil that came out from that. And he told his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John, the ones that were closest with him, began to deeply, uh, he began to be deeply distressed and horrified. And he said to them, my soul swallowed up in sorrow to take the point of death, uh, to the point of death, remain here and stay awake. Then he went a little bit further, fell to the ground, began to pray that, that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, uh, but what you will. Then he came and found them sleeping. Simon, are you sleeping? You have to remember, this would have been late at night. He asked Peter, could you stay awake for one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once again, he went away and prayed, saying the same thing. And again, and he found them sleeping because they could not keep their eyes open. They did not know what to say to him. You know, it's interesting. This is uh, after the Passover meal. I mean, they would have had a, 
uh, a meal going on. They would have been uh, enjoying this. Uh, and here they are. They are full with full bellies. Uh, and, and here they are. They're tired. Verse 41, then he came a third time and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting enough? The time has come. Look, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's go. See, my betrayer is near. Verse 43, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, suddenly arrived. With him was a mob with swords and clubs from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. His betrayer had given him the signal, the one I kiss, he said, he's the one. Arrest him and take him away under guard. So when he came, he went right up to him and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then they took hold of him and arrested him. And one of those who stood by drew his sword, shook the high priest's slave, and cut off his ear. But Jesus said to them, Have you come out with swords and clubs as though I were a criminal to capture me? Every day I was among you, teaching in the temple complex, and you didn't arrest me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then all, then they all deserted him and ran away. Now a certain young man, having a linen cloth wrapped around his neck and body, was following him. They caught hold of him, because, but he left the linen cloth behind and ran away naked. So, I mean, they're they're getting out. They're they're scattering. They're leaving everything behind in order to uh, to run away in this moment. We even see in this moment uh, in other gospel accounts that that Jesus actually heals the man uh, that his ear was was caught off in this. And what are they doing? They're taking Jesus to this secret trial, this trial that's being held um, under wraps in uh, in Caiaphas' house. And so they led away to they led Jesus away, verse fifty three, um, to the high priests and all the chief priests, the elders and the scribes convened. So this would have been the Sanhedrin. This would have been seventy elders that would have been a, a part of this. They were all gathering together. Peter followed him in a distance, right into the high priest's courtyard. He was sitting with the temple police, warming himself by the fire. So. Uh, Jesus uh, would have been in this Sanhedrin. They would have been speaking. They would have been talking. Been easy to hear what was happening inside of this. And Peter's following close by to hear what's happening in this trial, trying just to be a casual onlooker. Verse fifty-five: The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they could not find none. For many were giving false testimony against him, but the testimonies did not agree. Some stood up and were giving false testimony against him, stating, We've heard him say, I will demolish this sanctuary made by human hands, and in three days I will build another not made by hands. Yet their testimony did not agree even on this. Once again, Jesus was referencing himself here in this moment. He was not speaking about uh, the actual temple. Verse 60, Then the high priest stood up before them all and questioned Jesus, Don't you have an answer to what these men are testifying against you? Verse 61, but he kept silent and did not answer anything. Again, the high priest questioned him. Here's This is Caiaphas. Are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? Now, here's the real, real chance for Jesus to speak into. Verse 62, I am, said Jesus. And all of you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Verse 63, then the high priest tore his robes and said, why do we still need witnesses? You've heard the blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him to be deserving of death. Then some began to spit on him, to blindfold him, and to beat him, saying, prophesy. The temple police also took him and slapped him. And you just kind of get a glimpse here in this moment of how 
the wickedness was beginning to unfold. Those that were looking for the Messiah, and yet here in this moment, they are beating him. Verse 66, while Peter was in the courtyard below, one of his high priest servants came. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, you also were with that Nazarene Jesus. Verse 68, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about. Then he went out to the entryway and a rooster crowed. There was the promise. Verse 69, when the servant saw him again, she began to tell those nearby, this man is one of them. Verse 70, but again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing there said to Peter again, you certainly are one of them since you all you are also Galilean. I mean, the only requirement for uh, for a person to be in Jerusalem at this time would have been uh, Jerusalem men that lived within 15 miles of, uh, of Jerusalem for Passover. And yet here we see that this is a Galilean. They would have recognized it. And he started to curse and swear with an oath. I don't know this man you're talking about. Verse 72, immediately a rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered when Jesus had spoken the word to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you'll deny me three times. And he thought about it. He began to weep. Here we have this, this time where, where Peter just really just steps into just seeing how he was, he was willing to deny Christ. And one of the worst moments, the moments that he thought that he would never do that. Friends, I encourage you today as we just present and as we're just coming closer and closer to Easter, see, see the reality of how much we can sometimes be like Peter. And that there could be sometimes moments where we're not bold in our faith. But see as well how Jesus was willing to go to the cross for Peter. He was willing to go to the cross for you. He's willing to go to the cross for all of us. And it's in, here in these moments that he's, he's saying, just trust in me. Just trust in me. That's, the, that's really the message of Easter as we just see is trust in the risen Savior, the one that died for us, the one as well that calls us to trust in him. Will you do that today? Will you really prepare your heart for Easter in a way of just evaluating and just seeing what the Lord is calling you to trust in him today? God bless you guys, and we look forward to connecting on the next time with our next podcast. We'll see you again tomorrow. God bless. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.